this morning. Are you glad that he walks with you and he talks with you? Amen, amen. Hey, look at your neighbor, say hi, give him an air high five, and then you can be seated. Amen. Thank you to the band and media teams. Uh, give it up for them one time. Just awesome. Listen, how many people know it's awesome to just be in the presence of God, to be able to worship together? Listen, this is how you start 2021. You know, we worship God, we connect with God, and listen, we are so glad that you're here. Uh, if you're watching online, we are glad that you are tuning in. Uh, my name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here, if you're new. Our senior pastor, Pastor John, uh, has been sick. And uh, he will, Lord willing, be back next week. But listen, uh, his fever broke a couple days ago, so that's a praise report. And uh, listen, he's still not feeling too good, but let's continue to pray for him. Amen? How many people know we have a good pastor? Continue to lift him up and pray for him. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was his song, the last one we just sang. He's probably going to be upset that he wasn't here uh, to worship with that. So Zach may have to do that uh, next week too. But listen, continue to keep Pastor Zach, Pastor Cole, and Pastor Nick in your prayers. They're sick as well. And uh, we're just believing for health and wellness for them. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, how many people are glad that 2020 is over? Yeah. Man, I hope so, right? Hey, I got a meme, a couple memes up here that I thought uh, were kind of funny. How many people did that this past year? Ugh. Go to the next one. There's more. Yeah. No, it's over. One more. The Pit of Despair. That's my favorite right there. Princess Bride, anybody. Listen, I'm glad 2020 is over. Listen, 2020 is a new year, and I'm excited about what God has in store for all of us, right? Listen, it's a new year, and I believe God's going to do some amazing things in our life. But let's be honest, 2020 was a little complicated. It was a lot complicated in a lot of respects. Listen, on one hand, we've lived the last nine or ten months in a pandemic. There's been confusion. There's been frustration. There's been, at times, more questions than answers. Listen, over the last year, we've seen riots, we've seen racial tensions increase, we've seen a brutal election, we've seen debates over masks and, and voter fraud, we've seen government overreach like I've never seen ever in my life, we've seen Republicans and Democrats fight every second of every day in 2020, and it looks like it's going to be the same. Um, we've all known somebody that has been affected by COVID-19, maybe losing a job or worse, losing a loved one. So it's been very complicated, but on the other hand, 2020 has also been a year that we've seen the goodness of God in our life. Come on. It's been a year that we've seen God be faithful to us. It's been a year where we've seen God help us. It's been a, a year that we've seen the peace of God come. Listen, in the middle of pain and confusion and troubling and trying times, God has shown himself to be faithful. Listen, in the midst of storms and valleys, God brings peace and God brings comfort. Who can testify to that? It's been a tough year. We got some bumps and some bruises, but God is faithful. You, you know, I, I don't know how 2020 was for you personally. Maybe in here 2020 was, a, was an up year, or maybe 2020 was really down, or maybe you weren't affected at all, or maybe you were drastically affected by things that happened last year. Uh, maybe you lost a job, you lost some money, you went through your savings account, or maybe 2020 was a year that was pretty good. You got promoted, you got married, you know, you had a baby. Listen, I don't know how it was personally. Maybe you had good health or maybe you have bad health right now. 
Or maybe right now everything seems to be perfect with your, your spiritual life or emotionally, or maybe you're, you're really struggling. Maybe there's some fear, there's some anxiety, there's some confusion. Listen, I don't know how 2020 was, but here's what I do know. We are still here, and we're still standing. Amen? I mean, bumps, bruises, scars, valleys, we're still here. And listen, God still has a plan. God still loves us. And 2020 is a year that God is going to shower his blessings and favor. And I believe this year is going to be one for the books. You know, sorrow and pain will do something good in your life. We don't want sorrow or pain, but good things can happen because of it. It'll make you, number one, cry out to God. How many people cried out to God this year? Yeah, a few weeks ago, I got COVID, and man, a few days, I wasn't feeling very good. I was crying out to God. That's a good thing. I'll tell you what else trouble or pain or sorrow will do. It'll make you think that, you know what, our life is temporary, and I want to make a difference with the time that I have on this planet. Amen? Listen, and that's kind of what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about making 2021 count. Why? Because we're still here. We're still standing. Come on, God's got something in store for us this year, and I believe this is going to be a year that's better than the last year. Listen, nobody in this room could predict what happened this past year, and nobody can predict what's going to happen in 2021, but what I do know is this. I have hope and I have assurance that God can and will use this year for his glory and his benefit and ours as well. I fully believe that this is the year that God's going to pull us through. I believe that this is the year to stomp on the enemy's head. I believe this is the year that God is going to restore what has been stolen for us seven times. I believe this is the year that we're going to see God move. I believe this is the year that the church is going to move forward like never before. The church as a whole, nationally and internationally, the church here in America, I believe the church is going to continue to wake up, and I believe our body here in Texarkana is going to gain more ground than we ever have before. Come on. This is a year that God is going to move. This is a year that we can be excited because Jesus is still on his throne. This is a year to make it count. This is a year to rise to the occasion. You know, we lost, let's be honest, we lost a lot of people in 2020. They ran their race, but we are still running ours. And I'm telling you, God wants us to make it count. And that's what I want to do this morning just for a little bit. I want to talk about four ways that we can make 2021 count because we are still standing. Listen, Jesus tells us in Matthew 5, 16, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father that is in heaven. Because we're still standing, this is a year to make our light shine, right? Listen, we're going to specifically look and compare two stories about Jesus. Then we're going to talk about four things that if we will do, we'll make sure this is a year that counts, okay? And this is a year that glorifies God, and this is a year that God makes a difference through our life. Sound good? I hope it does, because that's what we're talking about. Hey, let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, as we're about to open your word, we thank you that the Bible is truth. The Bible is powerful. The Bible's got a word for us right now in this culture and this day. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, God, that you would help us and there'd be a voice within my voice. God, this is a year to love you, to serve you, to help people, and this is a year to make it count. God, help us, encourage us, give us boldness and wisdom. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Listen, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter number 8 and go to verse 28. And then I'm going to jump over to a story in John chapter 4. And listen, as I'm reading these two stories, it's going to be several verses, so hang with me. But I want you to kind of look at some things in these stories that are similar and then things that are different. And uh, I believe God's got something special for us today. So if you're there, say I'm there. 
You're there. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter 8, it says, When he, talking about Jesus, came to the other side, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him, coming out of the tomb so fierce that nobody could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of pigs was feeding at some distance from there, and the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. And so they came out, they went into the pigs, and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, and they drowned in the waters. And the herdsmen fled. Going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. And behold, all the city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their region. Interesting, interesting. Go to John chapter 4, verse 5. It says this, So he, talking about Jesus, came to the town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. Uh, Verse 9, it says, The Samaritan woman said, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Verse 10 says, Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying this to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Then Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, referring to the well water, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water uh, welling up in his eternal life. Uh, The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I will not be thirsty and have to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said, you are right in saying I don't have a husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one that you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming. He is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Verse 28, so the woman left the water jar, went away into the town, said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And so they went out of the town and they were coming to him. Many Samaritans, verse 39, from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed two days, and many believed. Can we give God some praise this morning? Amen. Listen, a lot of things similar in those two stories and a lot of things different, and I want to talk about them. Again, let's talk about four ways that we can make it count in 2020. Here's the first one. Be intentional. Look at your neighbor and say, be intentional. Be intentional about what? Be intentional about everything. You know, as I read the Gospels, and particularly these two stories, what I recognize is that Jesus, in everything that he did, he was intentional. He was deliberate. He had a purpose. Listen, I want to ask us right now, are we intentional about living our life? Listen, I know we're intentional about going to work because how many people know we got to make money, we got to pay rent, we got to pay our mortgage. We're intentional about eating so we, we, because we get hungry. We're intentional about brushing our teeth or going to school or taking showers, hopefully, right? But listen, are we intentional about our spiritual life? 
Are we intentional about our family? Are we intentional with all these other things? And listen, really quickly, I want to look at two specific ways that Jesus was intentional and how we must be intentional if we want God to use our life for great impact this year. The first thing that I notice about Jesus in these two stories is that Jesus intentionally met with people who had a need. How many people know whenever you see Jesus in the Bible, he is always helping people with a need? Think about uh, the story we read in Matthew chapter 8. He crosses the Sea of Galilee just to get to two demon-possessed men who have a great need. He was on a mission. He had a purpose. He had an assignment, and that was to go help those people. Listen, think about the woman at the well in John 4. Listen, Jesus goes to that woman who desperately needs him. Listen, he found value in her, and because she had a need, he went to help. See, nothing that Jesus does is just by happenstance. Jesus knew that they needed him, and Jesus found value in helping people. And I believe that 2021 is a year to find value and to help a lot of people. How many people say amen to that? Listen, with what's going on in our culture and our world and all this stuff, there's so many people that have needs, and the job of the church, the job of every Bible-believing Christian is to help people that are in need because that's what Jesus did and that's what he wants us to do. Listen, I want us to think about our life right now. When is the last time that we were intentional about meeting needs of people that we know or even intentional about meeting needs of people that just come across our path? Listen, every single day we see people with heartache, we see people that are going through something, we see people that are lost, we see people that are fearful, and as a Christian, listen, our job is to go help them, our job is to go pray for them, our job is to show people, man, that there's a Savior out there that cares for you, and you're going to make it through this, right? That's what we're called to do. When is the last time as we were scrolling through Facebook and we saw one of our friends in need that we put our agenda, we put our life on hold just for a few minutes to say, listen, what would Jesus do? Jesus would reach out. Jesus would help. Jesus would give an encouraging word. Jesus would pray. Listen, when's the last time we saw a need in our community or our church and we said, you know what, I'm going to put kind of my life and my wants on hold and I'm going to go try to help somebody because I know they need help. Listen, a lot of us in this room, man, we're maybe not in a great place right now, and we need help. But listen, God will still use us to help other people even when we're not 100%. How many people would agree with that? Listen, in every gospel, there's dozens of accounts of Jesus going and helping people. Think about the man with leprosy. Think about the blind man. Think about the paralytic. Think about the woman with the issue with blood. Jesus continually went to people in need because that's the heart of the Father. That was a big part of his ministry was simply helping those who needed help. And one of the things that I love about Jesus is that Jesus was not self-absorbed. How many people know we live in a culture that's self-absorbed? It's about me. It's about I. It's about my money, my time. What can I do to please me? Listen, Jesus was absorbed by following the Father. He was absorbed by the kingdom first. He was absorbed by people and helping them and loving them. And I think we have to realize right now in the day and age that we live in that there's a fight for the souls of people. The enemy wants souls. The enemy wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy wants people to be hurt. 
The enemy wants people to feel no love or no compassion, to feel hopeless like no one is around or cares for them. What does God want? God wants people to feel love. God wants people to feel compassion. God wants people to feel hope. And God's means of doing that a lot of time is through his people. That's why we must be intentional about going to people that are in need, people that are sick, people that are lost, people that are hurting. Church, listen, if we don't go, who's going to go? The government going to go help people? Let's not get started. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I, I mean, personally, I think the government's a little too, uh, you know, cares a little bit too much about lining the pockets of their friends and family. I mean, I don't know. I, I think we got. I think we got a Congress is a little too cared about passing rules in the House where you can't say g- gender names. People are out here hurting, and you know what? It's the job of the church to stand up. It's the job of the church to say, I see the need, I care, and I'm going to go and at least put my life on hold to help you. That's what God's calling us to do. God's calling us to see people and care for people. Listen, several things in 2020 just kind of spoke to my heart. I mean, just kind of touched me. And, and one of these things was uh, a couple members of our church that y'all know, probably all of you, uh, Karen and Artie Rayfield. Listen, they have a big ministry for, with the homeless and single moms uh, in Texarkana. Artie sings here on the stage. Miss Karen's always helping in the nursery. And, uh, you know, they just do a lot, of, a lot of things for people. But this past year, several months ago, uh, a lady came to them. She was young. She just found out she was pregnant. She said, I can't, I can't take care of this baby. I'm going to have an abortion. And Karen, she pleaded with this lady, listen, don't have an abortion. Don't have an abortion. If you won't have an abortion, I will, I will raise this baby. I will take care of this baby. Listen, I'm pleased to say that woman decided she wasn't going to have one. And Karen, from day one, her and Artie, they have raised this baby. You know, I've, it's Thanksgiving and a few months ago, and they were over at our house, and I'm holding this little baby that at the time was just a couple weeks old. And I'm looking at this baby, and I'm seeing this baby look at me and just, you know, just kind of what babies do. And I'm thinking, this baby would not even be here if it was not for the willingness of two people to say, you know what, we are going to help. We're going to put our agenda on the side. We're going to push maybe what we want to do. Listen, I don't know how old Karen is. Artie's in his mid-60s. This is a year to put our money where our mouth is and say, you know what, we're going to help people. The church is called to help people. The church is called to go see people that are in need to notice them and to share the love of Christ. That is our mission. Amen? They changed that baby forever. This is a year that God is going to call us to help people. Let's do it. Amen? Let's do it. We're here. We're standing. We might as well. Listen, the second thing that Jesus was intentional about was his prayer life. Listen, everywhere you go, man, just about every page in the Gospels, Jesus is praying. Statistics show that most American Christians are very inconsistent with their prayer life. Listen, we've all been there before. Let's be honest. Come on. We've all been there before. This is a year to be consistent. This is a year to be deliberate. What I see about Jesus is his prayers were powerful. They were purposeful. They were consistent. They were intentional. And this is a year for us to pray like never before. How many people believe it? This is a year to pray. This is a year to say, I've got to spend time with God. I've got to know God's heart. I've got to know God's will for my life and for my family. And there's an easy way to know is to spend time in the presence of God. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, look at a few verses with Jesus praying. Rising early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed. He went out to a desolate place, and there he did what? He prayed. Luke 6, 12, in these days he, talking about Jesus, went out to the mountain to do what? 
to pray, and he prayed all night. We could keep going and going about Scripture of Jesus praying. Think back to the stories that we just talked about. How does Jesus know that there's two demon-possessed men that desperately need him? I believe through prayer. How does Jesus know that there is a woman that needs some living water? Through prayer. How is Jesus so close to the Father? Man, through prayer. Check it out. Prayer makes a difference. Our prayer life this year has to be existent, right? It has to be alive. It has to be for real, and it's got to be consistent. Listen, if we want to know God better, we have to pray. Prayer changes things. Prayer can change our life, our country, our family, right? It can. Listen, how many people by a show of hands believe that prayer does work? It does. Listen, another question, would our personal prayer life show that we really believe that prayer works? Come on. Come on. Listen, last week, a lot of you, I don't remember what service, I was out sick, uh, but Pastor John went to the emergency room. His oxygen levels were really low. One of the services, Pastor Mike came up and he asked the church to pray. And listen, Miss Linnell sends us a text just a little bit later and said, when the church started to pray, his oxygen levels came back. Are you feeling me here today? Prayer works. And if prayer works, are we praying enough to see God move things in our own life? Are we praying for our spouse? Are we praying for our family? Are we praying for our nation? Are we praying for our church? If prayer works, are we doing enough of it? Come on, this is a year. We got to keep praying. MC Hammer said you got to pray to make it today, right? Some of y'all had to Google that. Come on, this is a year. Can we make this pandemic go away? Can we bring unity to our nation? We can pray. And God can intervene, and God can move, but I believe he's waiting for the church to pray. Listen, maybe 2020 was a year you didn't pray very much. It's okay. It's over. 2021 could be a year that you put your foot in the sand and say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to be a man. I'm going to be a woman. I'm going to be a child of prayer. Listen, this is a year to be consistent. This is a year to pray. This is a year to help people. And if your prayer life has been low, I want to encourage you right now. Man, before you go to bed at night, pray the Lord's Prayer. Listen, when you wake up in the morning, pray the Lord's Prayer. Start your day spending time with the Father. You won't regret it. we got to make it count this year. we got to make it count. Listen, moving on, the second way to make 2021 count is to invite Jesus to everything. What should have jumped out to you in the two stories that we read was the disparity between the two cities that he visited. Listen, in one city, Jesus physically heals two men. He casts the demons out. What do the people of the city ask him to do? you got to go. What about the other city? Jesus, he comes and he transforms this woman's life. She goes and tells the people. What do the people say? Hey, you got to stay. stay. Stay here as long as you want. And the question is, in our own life, are we asking Jesus to stay? Or are we asking Jesus to go? You know, Jesus leaves one place and completely the whole city is turned upside down. He leaves the other place and we don't see any of that stuff happen. Listen, when Jesus shows up, good things happen. Every time you see Jesus show up, when Jesus is invited to the wedding at Cana in Galilee, what happens? Good things happen. When Jesus shows up to the blind man, to the leper, good things happen. When Jesus is invited not to come, bad things happen. Come on, I don't want to be like that second city. I want my life in 2021 to welcome him, not push him away. Listen, Jesus wants to be invited to every area of our life, not just invite him to save my soul 20 years ago. Jesus wants to be invited to my job, to my bank account, to my family, to my relationships, to my hobbies. Hello. He does. 
You know, I find it so amazing that so many people have so much faith in God to trust God with their eternal soul, but not enough faith to say, God, you can take care of my money, or you can take care of my family, or you can take care of this part of my life. This is a year to have faith in every area of our life that Jesus, when he touches it, he makes it better. Let Jesus touch your family, it's going to be better. Let Jesus touch your money, it's going to be better. Let Jesus touch that relationship. Man, it's going to be better because Jesus, he shows up and things are better. Always. Listen, this is a year, if we want to make it count, we can't shortchange God. We can't short God this year. Listen, how many people have ever, like, went to the store and you're paying cash? I don't know if y'all still have cash. Some stores won't even take it. I Go to another store if they will not take your cash. Right? But how many people, you've been to Walmart, you paid some money, and it's hard, it's rare to find a human being that works at some of these stores now. But back in the day, you paid some money, and maybe they gave you your change back, and you, you were a little short. Anybody? And you kind of started doing math on your fingers and toes real quick. I, like, I think you owe me a dollar, I think you owe me $10, or whatever. Anybody been there before? Listen, money's hard to earn, so we don't want people just to take it, especially Walmart, Okay? But, you know, a true story, I can remember, it's been several years now, I was in line at Walmart or Super One or somewhere, and this lady that was in front of me, she had to be in her 80s, and I'm telling you, she must have got shorted a dollar or five dollars, and this girl went to town. She started yelling, she started cussing, and I'm like, oh man, she probably just came from church too. (laughs) Oh, I mean, but we don't like to be shorted, right? Listen, how do we think Jesus feels when we short him? Man, if we're over a dollar, we're ready to fight? Listen, Jesus deserves everything, and thank God he doesn't yell at us, but I'll tell you what, 2021, he doesn't want leftovers. He wants our time. He wants our affection. He wants our attention. He wants to be number one. Listen, when we ask Jesus to come into our life and be the Lord and to save us, it wasn't just a trivial, light thing. What we did when we asked Jesus to come in, we repented of our sins. We believed Jesus died on the cross, and we asked him to be the Lord of our whole life, not just a part that's called eternal salvation. Every part. And friend, if you haven't done that, you've lived a less than life because, again, when Jesus shows up, good things happen. It's so interesting to me when you look at the history of Israel in the Old Testament, when they wanted God, when they invited God into their lives, into their culture, they were blessed. They were favored. On the other side, when they didn't invite him in, when they worshipped idols, they were enslaved, they were captured, they lived less than, they weren't blessed, there was famines. It's my contention if we're letting Jesus in every area of our life, we're going to live an uh, overcoming life. But if we are not, we're going to live a life less than. We're going to live a life conquered. We're going to live a life enslaved, and that is not God's intention. Friend, maybe you're here today, and you realize that you're not walking maybe in peace or the favor of God, or maybe you're a slave to a particular sin. The solution is repent of that sin, invite Jesus to come in, and he's going to make it better, and he's going to give you grace to walk out the life that he has designed for you to walk out. And I'm not saying everything's perfect or going to be perfect, but you will have fulfillment, you will have contentment, and you will walk in the peace of God. And the peace of God, there's no price tag you can put on that. And if we're, if we're to be honest, if we really want Jesus to be the Lord of every aspect of our life, we've got to rearrange some things sometimes. How many people know? It's one thing for that one city to say, you know, we want you to come, but it's another thing to accommodate Jesus to actually be there. 
Listen, the people of that city, they had to rearrange some things in their life. They had to push some things aside. Listen, we can say we want Jesus to be the Lord over every area of our life, but then we have to start making room for him in our life. Listen, we gotta, we, you have to make room intentionally to have a good prayer life. You have to turn the TV off and open up your Bible to actually read. You've got to rearrange some things. Listen, when Jesus asks you to help somebody financially, that's when you have the decision and I have the decision. Am I going to allow him to be the Lord of my finances in this moment or I'm going to push him away? Listen, there's a lot of needs that are going on right now that we just talked about. And I'm telling you, God wants to use us, but we have the choice. You can be as close to God as you want to, and that's good news. But also we have free will. And we can live a life where we're not close to God at all. I pray that 2021 is a year that we choose to allow God to reign supreme in our life and we will rearrange things accordingly. You know, back to my friends Karen and Artie. Listen, it's one thing to say, you know, we're going to take your baby in. And they actually, they, they already have raised, raising four children, mid-60s for Artie. Again, I don't, I don't know how old Karen is. She looks real young. Listen, but it's, it's another thing when that baby cries in the middle of the night. People don't have babies at 65 most time. When there's formula, when there's food, are you following me here? Listen, because the call of God, you say yes to God, you've got to rearrange some things. And listen, they are living blessed, they are living favored because they have rearranged some things in their life. And I want to encourage you this year, rearrange what you need to rearrange to put Jesus first. It's worth it. You will not be let down. This is a year, I'm telling you, to take a stand. This is a year to make it count, and to make it count, we got to rearrange some things. Let's move on. Third way to make 2021 count is to let your past go. And I feel like this is a point for a lot of people in this room. I want you to think about the woman at the well. Listen, this girl had a hard life, and Jesus brings it up. And I think the reason Jesus brings it up, obviously, is for her to show her the need for a better life, for living water. But I think he brings it up for every reader, 2,000 years, that would be exposed to this teaching. And it's because of this. Jesus wanted us to know that she had a past. But you know what? On the other side of that past was was purpose, was an assignment, was fulfillment. And it was God using her life to really awaken and save a city. Listen, what we see is this woman cared more about following Jesus and his teachings and moving forward and getting restored and making her life count than just dwelling on the past. Listen, the thing about a past is every single one of us in here, we got one, right? Let's be honest. Some of us in here, we've done some dumb things over the years. Some of us, maybe it was just a few weeks ago. Who knows? None of us in this room are batting a thousand. And if you are, you're a liar, right? But listen, whatever may have happened in your life, maybe it was just some things that happened last year or things that happened year before, years before. Maybe it was because of you or maybe it was because of other circumstances. The fact remains, God has a plan and a future for 2021. Some of us in here, we've had some things happen to us and it's paralyzed us with fear and shame and heartbreak and depression. But what Jesus wants us to do is he wants to heal us. He wants to give us freedom. He wants us to repent if there's some sin that we've done, and he wants to forgive us so we can move forward. Listen, you have a destiny for your whole life, and you have a destiny for this year. Don't allow your past and shame to keep you back. 
You notice Jesus didn't try to go around the problem that the woman had. She needed living water, and he wanted her to face it, to deal with it, to get freedom, to move on, ultimately to help people. Listen, throughout the Bible, it's clear God wants us to deal with our past so we can move forward and we can receive his love and we can receive his grace. I want you to think about David in the Bible. David, we remember him as a great king and a a man that was a warrior who killed Goliath. We also remember that he made a big uh uh-oh with Bathsheba. He sees her. He calls her. It's not his wife. She gets pregnant. He goes, "Uh uh uh-oh, I got to kill her husband, and he does that. And I think he feels like no one knew about it. But then the prophet Nathan, what does he say? You're the man. He had to deal with what he did. He had to ask for forgiveness. He had to look at the past and then move forward. Listen, think about Jacob. We remember Jacob as one of the patriarchs. Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob. You remember earlier in his life, that dude was pretty sneaky. He steals a birthright. He steals a blessing. We remember this encounter that he has with an angel of the Lord, and they're wrestling, and that angel says to Jacob, what's your name? What does he say? It's Jacob. What does it mean? Deceiver. I am a deceiver. He has to deal with his past. Listen, the woman at the well was no different. On the other side of her dealing with her past was a whole city coming to Jesus. Listen, on the other side of Jacob dealing with his past was a nation. On the other side of David dealing with his past was the lineage that brought forth Jesus Christ. Are you feeling me? On the other side of your past is a purpose and a plan and an assignment and fulfillment and reaching people. That's what it is. Why does the enemy berate you so much? Because there's so much potential. If you'll look at your past, you'll ask for forgiveness or you'll ask God for help and God will do it. He knows on the other side there's success and there's blessings and there's souls. And the enemy only comes against you when there are spoils. He wants what's inside of you and we can't let him have it this year. What could God do in us and through us if we ask for forgiveness and help and we ask God to free us? I'm telling you, God would move and our life would be different. We could see a huge impact. We could see peace and we could see joy. Don't continue to allow the enemy to push your head down because of a mistake that you've made. When you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you of your sins. You hold your head high. You spend time with God and you do the assignment that God has placed on your life to do. You have an assignment. I have an assignment. Probably some of ours are different. Some of ours are the same to reach people. And when you do what you're supposed to do, and I do what I'm supposed to do, and you do what you're supposed to do, we see God move in a great way. Don't allow your past to affect your future. Listen, I know last year was tough. It was tough for a lot of people. But as I was thinking about this woman at the well, you got to believe that that woman had a few tough years too. And you got to believe that on the other side of all the bad stuff, God still used her to change a city. Most theologians agree that this woman was one of the main leaders of of this city, the church that was established there. There's no limit to what God can do in this year. If you will spend time with him, if you will make it count, if you will pray, I'm telling you, God can do amazing things. If you can look past your past and look forward to Jesus, I'm telling you, the future is bright. Future is bright. What's the last point? If we're going to make 2021 count, we got to value him more than things. Him more than things. Jesus above all. Listen, so Jesus comes to the region of the Gadarenes. He heals two men. He casts the demons into some pigs. And these pigs go and jump off a cliff and the pigs die. 
Then what do the people do? They're mad. They're upset. Why? Because somebody owned those pigs. That was a lot of money at the bottom of that sea. Listen, if you do a little research and you have a good Bible commentary, you quickly find out that this region that, that uh, Jesus goes to, it was a very pagan place. There was altars all around to Zeus, to Jupiter, all these people. This was a, a visitor uh, place where people would go and they would kind of pilgrimage to worship these things. Listen, when Jesus shows up, he's not good for business if he stays. Things got to change. Things got to be arranged. And, and I bet you also these people, they've been worshiping these false gods, and then Jesus shows up. He heals these dudes just like that. These guys have been running crazy for years. When Jesus shows up, you can either respond, invite him in, worship him, or you can turn him aside. We have the choice. That's good news and that's bad news. The good news is, man, Jesus, again, will let us get as close as we possibly want to get. So the people are upset that they lost some money. They're upset that their norm has changed. These guys that were crazy are no longer crazy. And so they want him out of there. Listen, I want all of us to hear this today. Following Jesus has always and will always cost us something. But if you're willing to pay the price, God will always give you something 100 times better. Always. If you will pay the price, God will give you something better. How many people know you've got to pay a price to read your Bible? It's going to cost you some Netflix time. We know, hey, to have a good prayer life, it's going to cost you some time. Listen, if you want to get fit, you're going to have to go to the gym, and you're going to have to pay the price that's called sweat to get in shape and lose weight. Are you with me? Anything that you want, you're going to have to pay a price for. The good news is when we pay that price for Jesus, he returns it so much. I want you to think about the boy uh, and the fish when Jesus is preaching to the 5,000 men, which is probably fifteen or 20,000 there total. That boy who had the fish and the loaves, what did he have to do? Give it to Jesus. What did Jesus do? He multiplied it. Because when you come into the presence of God, you just want to give God something. I want you to think about Zacchaeus for a second, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Zacchaeus is a liar and a cheater and a tax collector, but Jesus is coming to town and he wants to see him. He climbs into the top of a tree. Jesus walks by. He looks up. He says, Zacchaeus, come out of the tree. I want to eat with you and your family today. What does Zacchaeus do? He comes out of the tree. He's in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God and you want God, you're willing to give him anything. What does he say? I'm going to give half of everything I have away, four times what I've stolen. I'm going to give back. What does Jesus say? Today salvation has come to your home. When you want Jesus, you're willing to pay a price. You contrast that story to the rich young ruler who wants eternal life. And Jesus tells him a few commandments. He says he's done them. I think he's a liar. And then Jesus says, just give your stuff away and come follow me. He couldn't do it because he valued his stuff and his money more than Jesus. We cannot value stuff and things more than the Lord this year. If we will put Jesus number one, I'm telling you, everything else will line up and we will live a life that is greater than a life that has Jesus at the bottom. What if Jesus' intention when he went over uh, to the two demon-possessed men to that area was to stay there a few days and have those people believe and have more people healed? I believe it was. Why do I believe that? Because he did it before. Jesus' intention is to help people. How foolish we look at the people saying no. Listen, don't let that be you this year. Don't let that be you this year that puts Jesus second or third or fourth. This is a year to be faithful. This is a year to make God number one. You know, I want to encourage us to value him more than things, more than pigs, more than money, more than convenience. 
I love what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. We know Solomon did a bunch of dumb stuff in his life. But at the end of the matter, he says this, All has been heard. Fear God. Keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. You know what he's saying? I've had all the women. I've had all the wealth. The main thing is this. God's first. God's got to be first. You know, over this past year, I've done a lot of funerals. This past week, I did two. And what was interesting about all these funerals that I've ever done, and it's been a lot of them over the years, at no point in time during a funeral service have we ever talked about how much money somebody has in the bank. We've never talked about how many shoes. We've never talked about, you know, you know how big that the handicap was or how good the handicap was in golf. Listen, what we talked about was their faith. We talked about how they treated people, how they made a difference. Now, is there anything wrong with money and clothes and hobby? No. But Jesus has to be number one. Because at the end of our life, we will give account. And when we put Jesus first, that's where we want to be. That's alignment. Jesus first. How can we tell if we are putting Jesus first? I think there's three areas that you can tell. Number one, it's your bank account. Number two, it's your time. Number three, it's your prayer life. If those things are in alignment, I I think that we have Jesus, number one. Listen, as the band's coming up and we close, I want us to grab the concept that the best is yet to come. 2020 was hard, man. We got some scars. We got some bruises. A lot of us have some heartache. But this is the year to make it count because we are still here. We are on our race right now. We're living our life. We need to make it count. In the midst of a pandemic and in the midst of a really hard, perhaps weird 2021, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But God wants us to use us to make a difference because we're still here and we're still standing. Come on. And for this to happen, we must be intentional. We must pray. We must help people. We must let the past go. And we must be willing to pay the price and put Jesus first. If we're willing to do this, listen, we're going to look back and we're going to see the hand of God on our life and us being used by God to help other people. And I want that to happen. You know, um, as I said, a few weeks ago, I got COVID. And, and over COVID, you know, the first few days weren't very nice at all. But then, you know, we had to quarantine. And, and one of the good things about COVID was uh, we got to have some family time. And, and that was awesome. Uh, a bad thing about COVID is I couldn't taste or smell for a while. And a uh, good thing I lost some weight. Bad thing, my taste came back and I put it all back on. But during this time together, we watched some movies. And, and one particular movie that at least Gabe and I watched uh, was the old movie, The Alamo. How many people remember that? Go home and watch it. And listen, I, I love that movie. About the middle of the movie, if you've seen it, uh, the person who's in charge there at the Alamo is Colonel William B. Travis. He has all the, the men and women kind of stand out there that have been there at that uh, Alamo, that church. And basically says, things don't look good. He says, Santa Ana has an army of 4,000 men, and nobody's coming to help. And he says, listen, I'm not going to think anything bad about you. If you want to go, now would be the time to go. But if you want to stay, we're going to stand and we're going to fight. And he takes out his sword. You remember, he draws a line in the sand. And he says, if you're going to stay, I want you to come across. And we know what happened. About 180 brave men and women, they crossed that line. And for the next 13 days, they held off that army. And ultimately what happened is Sam Houston had time to train an army. And ultimately, Texas won its independence. I believe that what God is calling us to do this year 
is to cross that line, to stand and say, God, this is a year I'm going to fight for the things of God. I'm going to fight for my relationship, and I'm going to fight for people this year. Y'all, this is a year. There's no do-overs. This is a year you can be as close to God as you want to be. This is a year that can be overcoming. This can be a year that God does everything that he wants to do in our life. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect because it's not. But this can be a year that God does great things in us. And I don't know about you, but I want that. I want to be obedient. I want to be close to God. And I want my life to matter. Listen, let's stand on our feet this morning. And I'm so glad that you're here. Before we pray, I was reminded of this verse this morning. It's Isaiah 43, 19. It says this, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams are coming to the wasteland. I don't know how 2020 was, but I know 2021, God's going to come through for you. He's going to help you. He's going to bless you. And we're going to bless him with our life. Amen. Listen, let's close our eyes right now. Bow your heads. If you're in this place today and you had a really hard 2020, I want you to raise your hand. A lot of us in here. I want to pray for you. Lord, right now, I pray for my friends. Lord, 2020 was was hard in a lot of respects. There's people in here that have lost loved ones. There's people in here that have been sick. There's people in here that have lost businesses. Lord, that their savings has dwindled down. Lord, I pray right now that you would help them. Lord, that you would bless them. I pray for your peace and the comfort of God to come and touch them right now. God, I pray, Lord, for assurance and hope that this year is going to be better, that you care, that you are near, and you're going to do something great in in their lives. God, I pray that you would help people right now. God, I pray for, for all of us that this would be a year that we put you first. God, this would be a year that you move in our lives. This would be a year that we're intentional. This would be a year that we help people. This would be a year that we value you more than everything. This would be a year, God, that we're closer to you than we ever have been. And God, this would be a year that we say yes to you in every area of our life. God, I pray that you would bless my friends. God, bless this church. God, we just want to love you. We just want to worship you. And God, we want to make you proud. Lord, would you bless us this morning? In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Listen, I want our prayer team to come up really fast. If you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. We want to believe with you. But particularly if you're in here today, And you're away from God. Listen, the Bible says that we've all sinned, we've all lied, we've all had bad thoughts, and that sin separates us from God. The good news is God sent his only son, Jesus, who lived a perfect life, who died a brutal death on the cross to forgive us of our sins. And the Bible said if we would repent of our sin, if we would turn from our sin, and we would believe that Jesus died on the cross for us, that he would save us. Listen, the greatest thing that you could do in 2021, the greatest thing that you could do January 3rd is to put your trust in Christ. To say, Jesus, come be the Lord of my life. Or maybe you're in here and you you have a relationship with God, but maybe you just kind of wandered away. I feel like there's some people watching right now that you just kind of, he's not your passion. This can be a year that you return to God. This can be a year that you say, God, forgive me and I'm coming back to you. Listen, if that's you, You need to get your life right with Christ. You need to repent of your sins. You want to rededicate your life. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Amen. I see a couple people right there. Amen. Amen. Listen, here's what we want to do. If you raise your hand during the song, I want you all to come up. Meet me over here at the cross. Our prayer team is up here for any prayers that you have. Listen, this is going to be a good year. 
God's got this. Let's lift our hands. Let's worship him before we go out. And if you have a need, come and let somebody pray with you. God bless. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Amen. What a great work. Start the year off. Jesus, hallelujah. Hey, do not leave unless you, if you need to pray with, some, pray with somebody, they're here to pray with you, but especially if you need to get things right with God, stop by that cross so we can pray with you and, and let somebody know, man, I want Jesus in my life. So as you leave, there's four X's. Try to socially distant and wear your mask on the way out, but God bless you and uh, see you next week. <laughs>